With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Down the line, a base hit. How about a double? Lamar scores. Oh. Rosario oh. on third. He will score. Maybe. <laughs> and the Twins take a 2-1 to lead on another double by Escobar. Lease to left center field. Down for a hit. Lamar will score. The ball gets by Bradley. And Maurer will score. Escobar to third base. And the Twins lead it 4-2. <laughs> Probably just a single and an error. But Escobar comes through in the clutch again. Are you here by circle? Uh, Eduardo Escobar, amazing performance last night because, uh, first of all, he went down and hit that game-turning double Ooh. off sale on a pitch of a toe high. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else can go down there and get that ball and dig it out against Sale, who was basically rolling like crazy? What he Lamar got a did Lamar get a hit? A, yes, a little blue pit mm-hmm. off him, and then Joe got hit. But that's the only smell they had after uh, going on him. And all of a sudden, Eddie goes down there, batting right-handed. Takes the ball, you know, six inches high, hits it down the left field line for a double. And then they got that Joe Kelly in the game, and as goofy as he is, he throws 100, 98, 99, 100. And uh, Escobar manages to go up to his letters and hit that ball left-handed into uh, left center field. And that was something that Jack was saying on the broadcast, too, that that was something. That was a pitch that Eddie had been struggling with. Well, you could see when he was batting there, that they were trying to work him up. Yeah. You know, they they were, every pitch they were trying to throw it up. He did they a nice job fouling off a lot of those They don't want to throw it down too. to him. With Sale, when he's throwing that breaking pitch, obviously you don't want it up, but but he had it down. But uh, that was a single, by the way. Uh, I, I think Eddie should go to call up the official scorer and complain and tell him it's not a double, it's a single. But... I'm sure that the uh, they changed it an hour after the game, so I'm sure that somebody lobbied oh, with the they, score. They changed it to changed a double. double yeah. Really? Huh. Yeah, I'm sure the uh, somebody, the team, or somebody got to uh, the the scorer. I don't know who was scoring. Stu or uh, I don't want her. Wasn't Stu or the other fellow that there that you scores a lot now? But uh, but couldn't you say got, because it was in the gap and he got to third? Isn't that usually how that works? Is it, it's a one base error? In that particular, because well, he probably it, had a chance to get to two, even if he fields it clean. Nah, I don't think so. But it, it was out there on him pretty quick, and it was it wasn't it wasn't horribly deep. I, I think it was a single, but I'm sure he was talked into it. Uh, and Jackie Bradley, I, by I the wouldn't way. have changed it by the sure. way. And Jackie Bradley, like 
it kind of reminded me of that scene in Major League where Lou Brown goes over to Dorn and says, "Don't give me that Olay." Yeah, you know, yeah, like, was, what are you doing? I out think there? Jackie was still feeling sorry for himself because he'd struck out on that high, uh, high fastball. He got him from chase, Barrios yeah. that uh, was uh, not uh, not real good. But uh, that was a hell of a ball game. I wish I'd been there. That was a uh, that was a fun game. I watched, uh, missed about four pitches. I haven't lo- I haven't zeroed in on too many Twins games this year. But watching Sale and then watch Berrios have to work out of constant trouble. I think the Red Sox left 10 on, something like that. They had yeah. 10 left on with Berrios pitching, I think. Uh, so uh, you did not approve of the Zach Duke arrival. I, I love Paul Molitor, and I think he is a good manager. But sometimes he does stuff that makes me scratch my head. And again, I know I'm not the world's biggest Zach Duke fan. He does serve a purpose. But it's only to get left-handed hitters out. Yes, and I know Sandy Leone's a switch hitter, but you, in no way, shape, or form, should Zach Duke ever be in a meaningful spot to pitch against a right-handed batter. Ever. Uh, his problem right now is his eighth inning guy. He's got about a fifty percent chance to come in and give up a home run. Addison Reed. True. So, so he's yeah. afraid of him, and Presley has not been good. So. His best right-handed reliever at the moment is Mike McGill, who pitched three innings the night before. So uh, I, I don't know what uh, what what solution there is here, but they obviously, uh, if if Addison Reed is going to pitch like this, uh, then then that bullpen is not going to function. Well, Hildy hung hung in there okay. Hildy's last night, yeah, though. and that was the trouble they used. Hildy's actually going to be their eighth inning guy now, but yeah. he had to use him before, before that, that. Uh, to get him out. But so. in you know, because I know everybody. Well, hindsight's tw- no, 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 no. That that was being said before the b- before the pitch was thrown to Leon that he golfed into right field. And bl- by the way, I think that was what his second or third hit, uh, right handed all season. Yeah, I think he was two for <laughs> thirty or something. But uh, you know, I've been very easy on Dick this year. I haven't I haven't picked on him a couple of years now. I haven't picked on Dick like I used to because you know he's trying his best, but uh, trying not to put lipstick on a pig all the time but he did say last night that uh zach duke has been so good for the twins i'd say he's been so mediocre he's been okay maybe a been little okay the last couple maybe a weeks. little below many mediocre well know? as john height pointed he out get out left that was his first run given up this month but he was brutal in may yes and how many times he pitched four yeah i mean relievers not giving up runs is you know how about inherited runs and stuff like that yeah. he's been okay but i wouldn't say he's been i don't think you have to give him a worshipful worshipful he's been so good he's been does any if he'd been that good everybody watching that game was a twins fan one went oh this is gonna work well and that's why when they were clinging to that two to one lead you know, you knew that if they tied the game here, they were going to be. Now they they bounced back and yes. scored four to, to to pull ahead. But thanks to the amazing Esco. Yeah. Yep, that's the my amazing guy. Amazing Esco. And by the way, I saw that uh, Esco and maybe it is Adrianza uh, are taking a bunch of Spanish speaking kids on a little function tomorrow night. They're okay. taking them to dinner. Oh, hmm, guess nice. where? Guess where Esco is taking them to dinner. I'm trying to. I don't know where. Fogo. Oh, oh sure. Esco, that's where he gets his power water. I forgot the about Fogo the power, power water. water. 
Hey, Whitmore has a good piece on 1500ESPN.com on ESCO and his much-increased launch angle this year from a couple of years ago. So, for all the doubles. But what are we up to now? 32 doubles, right? 32, yeah. He's on pace for 71. An amazing night considering that uh, he got his hits off sale and then the a rocket throwing kind of uh, hard to figure out Joe Kelly. I'd take Joe Kelly even though he uh, he does have his uh, periodic meltdowns for the Red Sox. We'll be back. ECL Broadcast Studios, this portion of the Ride with Royce today is brought to you by Menards. I think we... And this has been a criticism from, you know, people within the club, people outside who watches that I think we readily accept defeat too easily on the road. Mm, okay. You know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm at a loss to do, to, to sometimes come up with the answer from that. And at this moment in time, we have too many games that where I'm not sure what we're going to get out of people. And I can't keep standing by watching this unfold before my eyes and wondering who it's going to be this week, who's not quite mentally prepared and doesn't stand up to it. And it's happened too much. It's frustrating for an awful lot of people. I I can't keep putting up with it. I have to do something to change this. You've heard me say it a million times. Minimum requirement is maximum effort. Yeah. We can never guarantee that we're going to win. We can never guarantee that we're going to play well. You know what I can guarantee or should be able to guarantee? That every time we go on the field, we're physically and mentally prepared to roll the sleeves up and to fight and to play from minute one to minute 90. And we have too many times that we are not that team. You know, I, we, we've never said that this season, you know, was just a season to get ready for the, for the, no, nope. for the new stadium. Never, never ever that. said that. No. Nope. What I do know is that this team with a little bit of help is possible, is capable of making the playoffs, but we can't make the playoffs. If every time that we run out on the road, I don't know what I'm getting out of the group. So if I'm if that continues, I have to do something about it. We have to change. But I, I can't I can't sit and watch it every week. It's impossible. That was last night's Adrian Heath show right here on fifty uh fifteen hundred ESPN. That's the first time I heard that. That yes. was spectacular. Yes. Yeah. And uh it got me to thinking. Now Adrian was you ran into him at the back door. Yeah, I had to run down to let yeah, him in because the security and, guard wasn't at the desk. And Jamie Watson was his usual outgoing yeah, self. Yeah, Jamie's great. Adrian, he, you could see, had something on his mind. I, I could mm-hmm. tell right away, like, <laughs> sums up with the coach. And by and the way, I've never spoke to him directly, Manny, so I don't know if that's his course, regular demeanor. It. Yeah, I produced the show every every Tuesday. And by the way, that was the first, very first segment of the show last yes. night. Oh, that's off the bat. That's right <laughs> off the bat, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I uh, was listening... And I said, this is terrific because I had one thought. What if this was Tibbs? Oh, my God. What if this was Tibbs ripping his uh, basketball team? Oh, there's dissension. There's chaos. He basically, Adrian Heath, called them all out for a 1-0 loss in Houston the other night. And uh, it was, it was uh, fantastic. But it got me to thinking also, hockey and soccer. You can get away with this if you're the coach, sure. right? Yep. Yeah. For some reason, soccer coaches have full permission to go off on their team, right? Football to a certain to extent. To a certain extent, yeah. but I'm talking about kind of the major league level. 
you know, you can mm-hmm. you can scream at your college football team and they can't do anything about it. But high, pro football teams, you don't see the screaming lunatic coaches anymore. Uh, and this wasn't a screaming lunatic, but this was a guy who was mad at his team. And yeah. A lot of people get mad at their team, but they usually don't let the public know it, right? Sure. Yeah, that's usually done behind that's closed doors. Yeah. Hockey and soccer, they let the team know it. They let you know they're mad at their team, right? Hockey drives me crazy because it's always, well, they worked harder than us or we worked harder than them or something like that. But I've decided, I was trying to figure it out. So what is it, what do they have in common? Scoring is very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. There's a big mass. Not of a whole human, lot of scoring. You got to yeah. get it through a whole mass of humanity to score and you're trying to shoot it in the net. I, my, my rule is... If you're a sport with a goalie, you can badmouth your players. If you're not, you can't. Uh, that's my theory, anyway. Well, I think you might have something to it there, Patrick, because... Look it. I have never seen a bunch of guys <laughs> look so f- down when something bad happens. You're right. That was Boots. That, yeah, that was Boots with his... Uh, with the Capitals. With the Caps. previous yeah. team. With his Capitals. Go out there and bleep and want it, he says. <laughs> but it's... Uh, I it like is. the part of the... I hadn't heard anything from a coach. What was it? Mi- mi- uh, maximum effort, minimal, minimum thought? What was that? Uh, the, the minimal mi- requirement is maximum That's effort. That's it. Yep. I, I like that. That's yeah, great. Very good, yeah. Well, he's, uh, he's, he's a pretty candid fellow, but... Yes, he is. You wonder now... What are the promoters saying? What are the people promoting this team and selling tickets? Do they get upset when a coach goes off? I don't think so. Do you? I can't imagine. You're dealing with a public here that is probably 20% Bruce McGuire's who know what's going on and probably agree with them, right? Okay. That break it down, and then 80% of people don't know if they won or lost anyway when they leave. They're just there to be uh, they're social. They're just there to have fun okay. and cheer and sing goofy songs and do it and do that. So it's it's a different audience for sure, but it's, uh, it is, uh, I found it to be amusing just because you'd never hear it from Molitor. Even Thibodeau, no. Thibodeau's got this reputation as a hard ass of all time right but, but he never he, he never lets you i mean he didn't well, did, he take a shot he at, did he take a shot at wiggins all year i don't think so he would just say Same things general like thing you know, about we got to play defense more yeah, and, he's and he, gotta, he you gave know, you a Andrew, lot of that 48 minute stuff but yeah he did not paint it with a wide brush like uh, this guy what i did like about what we played from adrian too was the part where he said I, we'd never said that this was just a season to get ready for the new stadium next yes. year. Like that, this basically saying, look, this is, we want results here. We got to start winning some well, games let me even ask, before we get to the new stadium. Let me ask a general question because I do not follow. I know the, the, the club plays their games on a radio station. Yeah. I don't follow them very close. I'm not a big soccer fan. Is t- this season, because this is only year two. Year two, is yeah. This, is this viewed as a disappointing season? Well, I think if they'd went down and played hellaciously at Houston and the goalie had stood on his head and defeated them one to nothing. Hockey and soccer have this in common. The perception of effort becomes more important than the result sometimes, right? Yeah. I mean, they lost one to nothing on the road to Houston, which has been in the league for a while, so they should be better than them. So you look at the result as they call it you don't you can't figure out why he's so bad mm-hmm. 
But I always, I, I always got a kick out of a couple of times in Europe seeing how they cover their games. They, the game is is uh, all right. Whatever happened, Manchester United two, Manchester City one or something. They evaluate all eleven players. And it's not based on the result. It's based on how that guy, how that guy did. did in this game. It's like a it's like a, uh, a grading system. A lot of newspapers still will do that for a football NFL game, mm-hmm. but they'll rate the offensive line, the the defensive back, you know, they'll rate five, six series. These guys will rate all eleven players and they might win three to nothing and they might Say eight of them were mutts, you know. Eight of them were uh, were terrible. It's it's a completely it's a, it's a completely foreign way of watching. And Adrian Heath being that upset about a one no loss that really means nothing. It was in the it wasn't even a league game. It was in the whatever this U.S. Open tournament. It's a league and game, Smokey. It wasn't a league game, Smokey. It was a, it was a, it was a, the other league that they have, the U.S. Open. But I guess my, my, my question though, Pat, was, it, was this team expected to contend for a playoff spot this year? I think, you know, I, I think you it's, only got to get in the top six. Right? Because based yeah. upon his, I guess, based upon his reaction, I'm viewing that they were expecting to be a, a team in contention. I, I think more than anything, there was, there's probably, there was probably an ex- expectation to, Show some significant improvement off of last year. And I don't. I don't think Adrian's seen enough improvement. I think the other thing is, he's, you know, he's does not have a roster funded like how many? They have one designated player, right? You, I think you can have three that are like don't count in the cap. That's what Atlanta did last year. They went out and got these high priced guys, mm-hmm. and. I think maybe he's a guy wondering how many improvements he'll be able to make now that the stadium down the street is being privately financed and it's going to cost $75 million than the original estimate. So cheap poll ads part well, two. cheap poll ads part two, except cheap poll ads didn't have to pay for their whole stadium. True. But, but uh, I, I, I'm wondering if he's... I'm wondering if this is a message. Hey, we got to do something. Harris will never win a road game. So... Hmm. I, I don't know enough about it, but I had fun listening to it. it I know what great. I'm going to be doing at 6 o'clock next Tuesday. Oh, yes. Yeah. I had to make a phone call when I left, so I now I'm think, bummed I, I missed it. I don't even know if we have a game between then and now, so we might still be mad, right? Uh, we have, no, we do have a game Saturday. This, this at, weekend, uh, yeah. Okay. Someplace. Wow, that Colorado, was great. Colorado, maybe. Yeah, it was good. It yes, was, Colorado. I was thinking, what if Tibbs would come in and do that oh, every God. time they lost a road game? How we lost to these pigs from Orlando, I have no idea. You know, we've kind of had a theme this week, haven't we, on this show? What? It was a, a hell of a uh, game. I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I thought about, you know, I thought about <laughs> yeah. when we went to break last night, I've after that first segment, I thought about asking Adrian, you know, we just got through talking about Jerry Burns. <laughs> that uh, wasn't Schnucker's fault. And, you know, By the way, but, Tibbs and uh, Scott Layden had their pre-draft uh, oh, we learned a lot, media huh? session today. Almost as insightful as a Rick Spielman oh. pre-draft session, not quite. But uh, Tibbs says we are in a good place, and uh, he also didn't apologize for the roster for the uh, staff changes. Uh, I can tell you, Rick Brunson will not be replaced. Uh, they're going to John Lucas the third, who was sort of a almost. I mean, he got paid, but he was a volunteer assistant, basically. Mm-hmm. Is is he's a big, 
he's a big fan of that kid and he's going to promote him onto the staff and uh and and I can also tell you that uh, Lagarza and some of the other guys, uh, he just wanted to downsize too many voices. You know, Tibbs wants there to be one powerful voice, yeah, and that's his. I and you know who his uh, hero is? I can tell you from three hours of dinner, Belichick. Oh yeah, loves yeah. Belichick. I was actually he, able to. Uh, he admires greatly. Well, Tibbs is a Tibbs is a New Englander. I think he's yes. from Connecticut, yeah. so he's, he's from that some area. Time with him too. I was actually able to grab audio from Scott Lane at uh, the media session today. The uh, phone has been, whether you believe me or not, but I'm telling you, it's been the most active <laughs> yeah. it's been in a while. Yeah, it does sound a little like Scott Lane. And by the way, that phone's been ringing. All of us who uh, knew his old man Frank, one of the most outgoing. A guy who's a time coach of jazz yeah. and, you know, just wouldn't shut up. We're hoping that Scott was that way. This guy wouldn't the say opposite. bleep if he had a mouthful. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Head into Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $60 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Coupon required. Restrictions and exclusions apply. Details at driveafirestone.com. Twins and Red Sox playing game two of their three-gamer at Target Field tonight. Twins taking the opener last evening. Tonight, Lance Lynn goes for the Twins. David Price pitches for Boston. Here is your Twins lineup to face the lefty. Robbie Grossman leads off in DHs. Yeah! Eddie Rosario oh my hits. Gosh. Eddie Rosario hits second in left field. Eduardo Escobar at third base hits third. My guy. Brian Dozier cleanup at second base. Logan Morrison at first base hitting fifth. Avery Adrianza at shortstop hitting sixth. Max Kepler hits seventh in right field. Mitch Garver catches and hits eighth. And Ryan Lamar is in center field. That long-haired hippie's not in the lineup tonight. He's huh? not. How okay. about Randball's tweet of him side-by-side side with the <laughs> Dazzle Man in like the mid-80s? God, that was a great photo. <laughs> NBA draft is tomorrow. Wolves pick 20th as of now. Uh, Patrick told you how thrilling the talk was today. Uh-huh. Well, here is some of that as Coach Tom Thibodeau addressed reporters about having the 20th pick. Yeah, and all the options are open, but we're excited about the pick. Uh, we think there are several good uh, players there, uh, Scott and the scouting staff. Um, they've done a great job of preparing for it, so uh, we're looking forward to that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, Jerry Zagoda raised the possibility today that they will include the 20th pick with Georgie Jing to get rid of Georgie. Really? Yeah. Mm. What are we going to get? Maybe get a second rounder. Did I see Dwight Howard got traded today? Yes, yes yeah, he they did. Dumped his salary. He'll yes. be on his fifth team in seven years. God, he must be a pain in the ass. <laughs> but, you, but you know what? No, no, this was strictly a salary dump, too. Was it? Well, yeah. oh. what, Dwight? Yeah. Oh, was well, he, there, there was rumblings that he was, a lot of people were mad at him in the locker room in Charlotte, mm-hmm. too. So, Because I uh, saw your tweet, like, I think he's got, insert I think team he's here. making yeah. 23 or 24 or something like that. Uh, actually, yeah. I can tell you, uh, oh. they have agreed to trade Dwight Howard to the Brooklyn Nets for uh, Timofey Mozgov, mm-hmm. the center, two, round, uh, two second round picks and cast. Charlotte wanted to move Howard, who has a $23.8 million expiring contract. Uh, Mozgov has two years and $32.7 million left on his contract. Charlotte GM Mitch Kupchak signed Mozgov to a four-year, $64 million deal with the oh, Lakers yeah. a couple years back. <laughs> I forgot Mitch was back. Ever, this is yes. darn Charlotte. 
The uh, Nets. Oh, Mitch wants it. Mitch isn't ready to give up on Mozgov. I guess not. (laughs) The Nets will actually save seventeen million on the trade in the twenty nineteen twenty season. And uh, Howard, he's thirty two, an eight time NBA All Star, changing teams for the third time in about three years. (laughs) The Houston Rockets to Atlanta Hawks to Charlotte, and now you know what's funny too. He's going to end up playing for half the teams in the league, and he's still going to go to the Hall of Fame. Really? (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Those Orlando years, he was damn good. Yep. Former De La Salle basketball star Reed Travis is chasing a title. Travis announced on Twitter today he'll play for Kentucky as a graduate transfer. The 6'8 De La Salle star got his degree from Stanford last week and decided to pursue a national title with the Wildcats. As an all-Pac-12 forward last season, he averaged 19.5 points, 8.5 rebounds for the Cardinal in 2017-18. Uh, he will be immediately eligible to play this upcoming season for Kentucky, which he picked over defending national champion Villanova. Gophers just side a, tied a program record, as really? they said on Twitter. They missed on him twice. <laughs> <laughs> they missed on Reed Travis twice. That a, a, ties the record. Why do you stir up the gopher holders like that so much? Because they're so much fun. <laughs> uh, Brett Favre is added again about football. He wants to he didn't end. send out a text with his <laughs> private parts out. Did he add it again? No, no. He wants to end youth football. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, he uh, told Alec Raskin of the Daily Mail. Uh, he, I think it's going to take someone who has poured his blood, sweat, and tears into it to end youth tackle football. He supports a proposed Illinois bill that would make it illegal for kids under 12 to play tackle football. It's the Dave Dewerson Act to prevent CTE. Uh, right now does not have enough support to pass, but Favre wants federal legislation. He said the state level's a start, but we have to adopt this plan and all do it together. The body, the brain, the skull is not developed in your teens and single digits. I cringe when I see these little kids get tackled. Uh, President Trump didn't help Farms cause in September when he claimed the NFL's new rules were ruining the game. <laughs> Far respectfully disagreed. Yeah, they aren't. They aren't. These targeting penalties are ruining football, man. Farv in the interview respectfully disagreed, saying the president can say what he wants. It's a serious <laughs> issue and it needs to be dealt with. I live close to a park, so I see a lot of park league kind of this style of football, and uh, I think they should end it just because it sucks. <laughs> Seriously, these little kids are just awful. They're really, really bad. That's like when I went to the three on three seven year old hockey tournament. Yeah, oh, old Kenny was off. <laughs> yeah, it was. Come on, kids. There's another one. Kenny, Give it, like, it up, kid. Kenny, is it like t-ball when kids are playing t-ball and uh, the ball gets hit in the right field and all, all everybody them. runs out the right field? First base, second base, shortstop, everybody. <laughs> yeah, my grandson's up to coach's pitch now. and Got to get him down. He's got a bit of a groove swing. He's kind of like Snow. He swings the same place, and if the ball happens to be there, he's an okay shit. We got, you know, uh, the ball's got to accidentally hit his back. We got T-ball tonight, and uh, okay. it might take me a little bit season, longer. I think to tonight's uh, Lukey's last game. I think it's I ours, too. It, I got to go watch the Twins. Thank you, goodness. You know, if you're uh, if you had any a good coach, he'd just throw it in that same spot every time That's Patrick right. so hit That's the right. ball. They got to hit, you know. It's, it's, yeah, I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming the lousy pitcher. Hit the guy's spot. Come on. <laughs> My favorite is to fake like you're going to throw it, and they still swing. You know, because they're trying to get your timing down. That's great. Reavers, are you barking insults at them? Absolutely. Yes. Good, good. Quit dipping your shoulder. Good. I I like angry dads like that that publicly embarrass their And I like to get super hammered before. Stop with that leg kick. 
late great Jack Andrews, one of my favorite. He coached my uh, my oldest son. I think it was Babe Ruth, and I'll never forget that ground ball went to the second baseman's leg. Jack pulled him. <laughs> oh my god! Hooked him like thirteen years old. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dave, tough. A friend of mine was out there with me watching it. We were having gin and tonics and had a good old hoot, man. <laughs> Dave Harrigan is a youth uh, baseball yeah. coach, and you should hear some of the stories oh, he God. tells. Oh, my God, they're so funny. Mm-hmm. I'll bet Dave's a good coach, though, even, yeah. though, he, even though he acts tough in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and former Gopher wide receiver Eric Decker became a free agent in March. Mm-hmm. Hasn't found a team yet, but you know where he wants to go and think he'd be a good fit? Where? The New England Patriots. Ooh, yeah. He noted he began his career with Bron- with the Broncos when Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels was the head coach. Uh, he, there's been no sign, of course, that the Patriots are thinking about Decker or any other additions to their receiving core. That could change, Well, though. he'd fit the profile of the New England wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, Julian Edelman. He's a big, strong white guy instead of a short, fast white guy. I saw him at the uh, twin at the uh, Gopher game, the uh, Gopher Canisius. Oh, that's game. right. He was there with his baby. No, oh, really. Was uh, Mrs. Decker there? Nope. Oh, sad, what a shame. Sad to report. Fifty-four <laughs> catches with the Titans last season. He'll he'll get a job somewhere. Oh yeah, just he's won't pretty be for a lot of money. All right, thanks, John. You bet. Just for bogey a moment ago at 13. This speed has been terrible. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. I, I, that That's stunning. Well, that is stunning. Uh, the last time I saw something like that was at John Daly in the 99 Open at Pinehurst. Uh, the, they rule it's a two-stroke penalty. By coincidence, David Fay, the former head of the USGA, was on the telecast uh, when Phil Mickelson uh, putted the ball past the hole and then ran down and hit it back <laughs> while it was still moving. Uh, and I still say he did that to embarrass the USGA and to uh, put a real spotlight on how unfair those two greens that were and, you know, asphalt and bad pin placements and the whole thing. And... I think you know he went off the uh, off the green laughing with uh, the 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 big guy that uh, from Europe, Andrew Johnson, the big guy from Europe. What do they call him? The with the big bushy beard. What's that guy's? I don't know. I can't remember. That, I'm sure. He's got a nickname, and he was. They were laughing, but uh, I think he found out that he lost the PR battle, certainly with the golf fans, because. Today, finally, he had his representatives release a straight statement, uh, gave up his BS story about how he was doing it, uh, you know, because he'd rather take a two-stroke penalty than hit from where he was going and said, uh-huh. my anger and frustration got the best of me last weekend. I'm embarrassed and disappointed by my actions. It was clearly not my finest moment, and I'm sorry. So uh, Phil has uh, finally anger and frustration as he's walking off the green with a big grin on his yes, face. Andrew, yeah. we got it. What the hell's that kid's name? That Andrew Johnson, the 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 big. He's the big hairy guy with the goofy nickname. I can't think. of Hey it. Pat, so I know he got the two stroke penalty, but does he suffer any financial consequences as a result of something like that in a major? No, I mean, he goes two spots further down, but he didn't make any money anyway. Okay. Uh, didn't make any money anyway. 
So uh, you guys aren't of any help to me on golf. I'm sorry. You guys I, I did get brutal. a kick out of uh, everybody over the weekend too mad at Joe Buck because they just want to be mad at Joe Buck. Yeah, what what for, did he do? Well, because, well, you know, they were ripping. You know, they, 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 they were ripping. They were ripping on Phil too much and leave Phil alone and yeah, no, whatever. No, Beef. That's his nickname. What? Beef. Because he's a fat You got a guy kid. named Beef? Fat, hairy guy. Beef. All right. He's Beef. That's funny. Uh, another golf item. Uh, by the way, this is an early version of late hits. Oh, we, that's but right. It, no, it can't be late hits because it's early late hits. hits are five forty-two. It's early hits. Get, it's early hits, and we don't have a sound for early hits. So uh, what the heck? Hall, uh, Hubert Green died, age seventy-one. Former uh, U.S. Open champion, uh, won the nineteen seventy-seven U.S. Open, the nineteen eighty-five PGA, and he had nineteen PGA Tour victories. Very good player. Uh, he died uh, Tuesday after battling throat cancer, uh, and he uh, had uh, in when he was winning in Southern Hills on the 14th hole of the final round. Somebody called in a, at Southern Hills in Tulsa. Somebody called in a death threat, and they came out, and the, the USGA officials came out and notified him, and he said, "Let's keep playing," and uh, he won the tournament and. Lee Trevino was the guy that he beat. I don't know if it was some wild Trevino fan, or if they ever found out who called in the death, death threat. But uh, Hubie Brown, uh, Hubie Green, who was a very good player, has died at age seventy-one. He had a very flat swing uh, compared to most guys, kind of a homemade swing, and uh, of course you don't see those anymore. But he was a uh, he was a good player. Played out here a bunch of times in the uh, in the three uh, M Championship and before that. Another guy who died, uh, bad day, uh, on Monday, Billy Connors died. Did you see that? The former Yankee pitching coach? You no. remember him? Mm. They could have called him Beef, too. Chubby, yes. uh, chubby guy, <laughs> Beef. Uh, Billy, uh, Billy Connors was the Yankees pitching coach in uh, 1989-90, through 2000. So he was the pitching coach during the uh, dynasty there where they won uh, four World Series in five years. And... He didn't get to sit next to Tory because Zim was sitting next to Tory, so he had to stand. He had to sit a little further down the bench because uh, Zim was standing there, was was sitting there next to him. Uh, another golf story I enjoyed immensely, uh, and I think TMZ came up with this one: the uh, Paulina Gretzky's group was. Uh, Paulina Gretzky had two other hot babes sitting there watching it with her, mm-hmm. right? And one of the, the and and Dustin, her her fiance, for father, mother of two children, still the fiance, right? Mm-hmm. Going on about five years yeah. now. Uh, she was watching her fiance on the green at Shinnecock Hills on the 18th hole. She was with two female friends, and Dustin. Made a birdie putt on seventy second, and the gals with her just went crazy with joy. And then one of them said, "Did Dustin just win?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody had the tape of this. Did Justin just win? And uh, someone, probably Paulina, in the group said, "No, Brooks just won." So the that was. Uh, I do love the fact that they were sitting out there just going absolutely. You know what they were. Crazy. Supportive. They were supportive. They were supportive. Even though they had no idea that Dustin had made a putt the whole 17 holes. They just went, uh, 
they just went crazy. So uh, I enjoyed that. That reminds me of the first time I took my now wife, then girlfriend, to a Vikings game. Mm-hmm. She 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 didn't know anything about football, and the crowd went nuts, and she cheered, and then we sat back down. And she goes. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, my all-timer was I took uh, my my wife's godson and nephew and godson okay. was playing hockey for St. Cloud State. All right. I took the wife to Mariucci to see him play. We sure. had good seats, good seats. Second period ends. She gets up, starts putting her coat Here on. Here we go. <clears throat> said, sorry, honey. There's one more. We got one more to go here. <laughs> <laughs> And she and she'd been to some youth games, and Ryan played it a little bit. Sure. Oh, that's right. Damn, Damn it, she forgot. It's that weird three. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's either should be two I or agree should be with four. Her, by the way, two twenty-five minute periods would be just fine. That's right. Just okay. fine. All right, we'll be back. That is, we'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. 145-144. It was a decision. I was off by a point. I thought it was a goal. Roberto Duran has won the welterweight championship of the world. On this day in history, one of the most memorable fights in uh, the uh, history of boxing. When uh, in Montreal, Canada, Robert Roberto Duran won that very tight decision over Sugar Ray Leonard. And uh, that was the z- almost the zenith of modern boxing, yeah. that, that series of fights. And it was, it was rather odd because Duran, even though he was from, he was from Panama, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent a day with him once, by the way. Interesting character. Drove down to a Rochester in a limo and and back and there was a pretty young lady walking by he noticed i can say that uh, for him uh but oh my goodness anyway but uh a fantastic first fight and then of course the no moss fight followed that one and sure sure ray leonard got his uh got his title back but uh this was a a big i i saw it on pay-per-view over in st paul i think and uh Oh, the boy! There was boxing was boxing was big back then. Was it controversial that that result of that fight? Yeah, it, it was even. It was it, even. it was a coin flip. Yeah, Duran was uh, hurt him a little more. I think is probably why. But uh, he was a warrior man. This holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone.